All right, guys. Well, hey, it's good to see you. Hey, do me a favor. If you have a Bible, uh, one of the Worship Center Bibles, or if you brought your Bible, go ahead and turn open to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I uh, am really excited for tonight because as I was thinking about what I would share with you guys, this is kind of the first uh, talk of the summer. We're not in a series yet. This is kind of a one message type thing. And uh, one of the things that I would like to do tonight is I would like to share with you one of my favorite Bible stories in all of Scripture. Kind of one of those things that every time I read it, I kind of get goosebumps. You know, anybody with me on that? Like maybe you've watched a movie or a certain part of the movie and you're watching it and you just get the goosebumps, you get chills. Anybody with me on that or am I by myself? Okay, people are with me? Raise your hand if you've ever gotten chills from a movie or a Bible verse or something someone told you. Awesome. Sweet. How about this? How about this? How about chills from a song? Anybody with me on that? There we go. Hit a chord. I hit a chord. So this is what that is for me. This Bible passage, this story is so good and so big that, uh, that I want to share that with you. But before I do that, you know, I just want to say really quickly that I'm really proud of all of you who are in the eighth grade going into ninth grade, one of the most challenging things for me as a middle school pastor is that I always have to see great students go to the next level, which is awesome, and I'm super proud of each of you and super excited for what that means, but it's a bummer for me because I wish you could just be in here the whole time, right? And, uh, and you guys are like, no way, I'm ready to go to high school. Good, that's, that's how it should be. You should be ready to go to high school. Um, but I've learned a lot of things from you guys. I've learned, for example, I have learned some of the, the, uh, the up-to-date language and jargon when it comes to middle school students, the, the cool words to say. See, if I were not a middle school pastor and I couldn't ask you guys to tell me the latest and greatest language, I would have never even learned what lit even meant. I mean, and I still don't really know what it means. I just kind of say it. And then you guys laugh, which means I'm probably saying it in the wrong context, which is great. I don't care. That's also what makes me a great middle school pastor. I don't care if you make fun of me, right? But you know what else I've learned is I've learned that my wife, her small group, knows how to scare me. And so, funny story, guys. Last Thursday night, my wife had her small group over there, eighth grade, going into ninth. And, uh, and I went to the movies, you know, just a night by myself. And uh, what I didn't know is that the whole time I was away, literally for hours, they were plotting how do we scare Pastor Stephen, right? And so we got this on video. I thought it'd be fun. You can kind of see me jump a little bit. And so just for, for fun, check this out. She was hiding in our pantry and literally scared me, and you could kind of see me jump a little bit, maybe not, but it was pretty funny. So you guys have taught me how to get scared. This is awesome. But there's a lot of things that I've learned, and there's a lot of things that you guys are going to learn from some of the eighth graders here tonight, because I've asked, I'm asking all of them right now, if you haven't heard the ask, I'm putting it out there now, you're going to have an opportunity to share if you would like to tonight. There's no pressure on you for that. But if that's something that you would feel uh, led to share, some words of wisdom with the rest of the students and leaders, we would like for you to do that 
tonight. But let me give you a thought before we get there. And I think this is simple to easy, and easy to understand. Here it is. Decisions now shape your future later. I'll say it again. Decisions now will shape your future later. That's going to come on the screen if you're taking notes. Decisions now will make your future or shape your future later. In other words, guys, what you do now will shape what happens later. What you do now will determine where you're going later. The people, you've heard us talk about this, the people you surround yourself with now will shape your future later. The decisions you make now will shape your future later. The attitude you have now most likely will shape your future later. I love this statement because it is so easy to remember and because one of my favorite candies is right after it, now and laters, anybody? Now and laters? What is that? Go to the gas station and get some. It'll change your life. Now and laters. Decisions you make now shape your future later. So let me say this. First of all, eighth grade students, I am so excited about your future. I am so excited about what God has for you. But what I want you to hear really plain and simple is, is this. The decisions that you're making right now are going to shape your later. You may not agree with me. You may not think I know what I'm talking about, but I do. The decisions you make now will shape what happens in your life later. If you want to make wise decisions and good decisions and you want a bright future, then you've got to make good decisions in the, in the now. You've got to make good decisions in the relationship department when it comes to the friends you hang out with. You've got to make good, good decisions in the school department. Even though we're out of school, way to go out of school, right? <laughs> Woo! But when you go back to school in a few weeks, in eight weeks, nine weeks, Two months, two months. Let's say two months, guys. That's better, right? Two months. It'll be way down the line. You got to make wise decisions now because those decisions will shape your later. I'm excited for you to get to go to H12 because H12 is an incredible ministry. It's a ministry that is built, is built for high school students. Listen up. And I'm most excited, I'm most excited to watch you continue to grow, to watch the, the light bulb moment continue to go off in your head when you learn something new or some extra, some, some other truth in scripture that you've never come along or come, or, or come to yourself. I'm excited to see you continue to walk with God. I'm excited to see you continue to excel in, in school or here at H12 or at 12 Stone. A lot of you guys are going to start serving in K-12. Maybe you'll even come back and serve in here. What's up? You're welcome to in one year. In one year, you're welcome to come. But I'm just really, really excited to see what God is going to do, not only in you, but through you. And the reason why I'm excited about that, 8th graders, is because he has done things through you here. He has influenced a lot of people through your life 
in this room. I have been influenced by your influence, by the way that you live your life, by the way that you live out your faith. And I'm just excited about the future that God has because the decisions now shape your future later. And if you're remaining in M12, meaning you just finished the sixth or the seventh grade, I'm excited about the future of middle school ministry. And the reason why I'm excited is because God is the one who holds the future. He is the one that knows the future about everything, about you, about me, about this ministry, about this church. God is the one that holds the future. But there's two things that I know God is radically passionate about, and here's one of them. God is passionate about reaching more people that don't know Jesus. He's passionate about reaching more middle school students, more high school students that don't know him. I know that's one thing that he has for our future, is reaching more of you, more of your friends. And maybe you're in here tonight and you would say, man, I don't actually know Christ even now. I've been coming to M12 and... I don't really know Jesus. I don't really have a relationship with him. I would love to speak with you tonight. I would love to share that story with you. I'd love to sit down with you and and just explain to you who Jesus is, what he did on the cross for you so that you could have an incredible future. And another thing I'm excited about is I believe God is passionate about every single student that comes in these doors Knowing and growing in their relationship with God. If you don't know him, then he wants you to know him. And if you know him, then he wants you to go deeper. He wants you to be discipled. He wants you to learn more about who he is. He wants you to fall deeper in love with his word. And some of you, I know, you're not interested in that right now, and that's okay. You keep coming here. You keep hearing truth. You keep hearing the things that God has for you. And maybe one day the light bulb will go off, everything will click, and you will say yes and make the most important decision of your life. Because here's the thing, students, decisions now shape your future later. Decisions now shape your future later. I'm also excited to introduce you to two new team members for M12. And here's the cool thing, Um, they're both... Females, which is cool, right, ladies? And, and, get ready for this, you are going to get to meet, you are going to get to meet live, both of them, next week. But here's what I did, just in a spirit of them introducing themselves before they arrive, before they officially get here, I want you to meet, this is, uh, we have a couple videos that I want to show you. So the first video is a new two-year resident. You guys know we have two-year residents that come in. Matt McMinn is a two-year resident. He's the man. He's at the beach this week. I'm a little jealous of him. Uh, But he's a two-year resident here learning about what it means to be a youth pastor. And so we have Casey DeMichael who's coming in, and she starts next Wednesday. Check out this video. What's up, M12? This is Casey DeMichael coming at you from good old Marion, Indiana, where I'm from, the magical land of Indiana with flat, flat, and more flat land and cornfields. That's about it. It's exciting. I'm ready for a change of scenery. It'll be great to come down and join you guys down there in Georgia. I cannot wait. Uh, Something to know about me is I love Disney. 
with all my heart. I am obsessed and I am not ashamed. I also love Jesus, but I love Disney. Um, I watch all the movies. I've seen all the movies. I can sing all the songs. Disney trivia is my jam. Come at me with the Disney questions. I got them covered. Um, I love my car, which I am sitting in right now. Her name is Gigi. She is a Volkswagen bug. Dream come true. My girl. Uh, say hi to Gigi. Um, and fun fact, when I was in middle school, I had surgery on my stomach and they put a tube in that makes it now look like I have two belly buttons. So, there you go. Fun fact, getting real personal real quick. Um, I come down this weekend, I move down, I get to start hanging out with you guys so soon. I cannot wait. I can't wait to be a part of what's going on down there. I can't wait to see how Jesus is working in every single one of your lives because he is and he loves you so, so, so much. I am praying for you all. I cannot wait. Ah, it's gonna be so great. See you all soon. All right. All right. So Casey will be here next week. Do not miss next week. She is having to play a game on this stage that you don't want to miss her play this game. But we also have a second person that I want to introduce you to. And here's what I want to ask, guys. It's hard to hear what they're saying when you're talking. So if you will listen to the video, that'll help you meet the person and learn who they are. This is Emily. Emily is a summer intern, meaning she's going to be with us for eight weeks this summer. And the reason why I'm introducing you to both of them tonight is because I want all of you to go out of your way next week to make them feel welcome. Give them high fives, fist bumps, let them know you're glad they're at M12. Here is Emily. Check this out. Hey guys, my name is Emily Helton and I am your new intern at M12 for the summer. I will be a senior at UGA and I'm studying human development, if any of y'all know what that is. And I um, haven't been there all four years. I was at Western Carolina and I played softball there. Um, so if you're a softball player, I'll give you a shout out. And um, yeah, I'm going to be with you guys for the summer, and I'm sorry if you can't really hear me. I'm actually driving into Austin, Texas right now, uh, but when I get back, I will be yours full-time. So um, I'm really excited about it, and I can't wait to get to know each one of you. And um, Natalie Helton's also my sister, if you haven't put those two together. Um, she's great, and I'm really excited. All right, guys, so those are our two new M12 team members. This next week, you'll get to meet them live, and I'm excited about that, excited for you to meet them. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to read a quick story to you in the Bible that, like I said, gives me chills. Mark chapter 10, if you're reading with me, verse number 46, it's the story of Bartimaeus. So here's what it says, verse 46, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, listen, together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, I want you guys to think about what's happening. A lot of times when you read the Bible, it's helpful to try to put yourself in the story. So have you guys ever seen someone who maybe had a, a sign on the side of the road that said they were homeless or said they needed a place to stay or needed food. Has anybody ever seen somebody like that? Right? That is kind of what's happening. Listen, that's kind of what hap is happening in this story. Bartimaeus is literally sitting on the roadside begging for people to give him money. He's a beggar. 
does this every day. This is his life. This is his lifestyle. This is what he looks forward to every day. And the Bible says this. He was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard, when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, think about this, guys. He must have knew he must have known who Jesus was. Because when he heard who was walking on the road, he started yelling. He started going crazy. And people got tired of it. As a matter of fact, let's look at what happened. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. I mean, I try to put myself in this story. I probably would have been one of the people telling this guy to be quiet. I mean, can you imagine how many of you guys have ever, you know, you've gone to an Atlanta Braves game? And before the game, there's the guy who's kind of yelling at everyone for going to the game. He's maybe preaching something in the Bible, which is probably not the best way to try to love on people. Have anybody ever seen somebody like that? That's kind of what I imagine. Listen up. That's kind of what I imagine in this story. I imagine somebody kind of like that who's yelling almost like to the top of his lungs. And he's saying, son of... of He's saying, uh, here's what he's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, I need some help, and you're the one who can help me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted out all the more. Think about this. He shouted even louder. He didn't care what people thought, and he said, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped. And he said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Now think about this, Jesus was known at this time. There were a lot of people that wanted to see Jesus. There were a lot of people that would have wanted to have a conversation with Jesus. There were a lot of people that probably would have wanted to explain to Jesus, here's my need, can you help me? And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus stopped and called the blind man. I don't think anybody around would have recognized or even, not recognized, but I don't think they would have predicted that he would have wanted to call Bartimaeus. But that's exactly what Jesus did. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Now, this man is homeless. His cloak was his livelihood. Think about this. His cloak was all that he had. His cloak was a very important garment to him. If you look in the original language, you'll even find that it was so important that he would go nowhere without it. And the Bible says he threw his cloak aside jumped to his feet, and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? So Jesus is the Son of God. Think about this story. He knows what Bartimaeus wants, but he still asked him. He said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. 
Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Students, the reason why I love this story is because not only does it give me chills when I read it, but I think there's a few things that maybe God would want to speak to us tonight about this story. The first thing is simply this, and this one's really personal to all of us. It's true for every single one of us. I've already said it once, but I want to make sure you heard it. God holds your future. God is the one that holds your future. He knows everything about you. He knows everything that's going to happen in your life. He knows everything that's happened in your life. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs that are on your head. He knows it all. And here's what the scripture says. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. See, God knows your future, and God holds your future. For some of you, that's a frightening thought. It's a frightening thought because you're not sure about this God thing. And I can understand. If you're not sure about this God thing, what does it feel like to be told God holds your future? It's true. He holds your future. And you know what the Bible says about what he says about your future? Is that it is a future that is meant to give you hope. That's not meant to harm you, but plans to give you hope and a future. But the decisions you make now shape what happens later. So I think the future is really dwindled down into two things. And this is what I think we can learn from Bartimaeus. The first thing is this. God wants us to know him. We are all called to know God. It's really simple. Sometimes we make this really complicated, but if you think about it, it's really, really simple. We're called to know God. Did you guys know, students, that there is always going to be more to God than you have not discovered yet? That's the coolest thing about the God that you and I serve is that he is so big, he is so infinite, he is so amazing that we will never fully understand everything there is to know about him. He is that good. He is that amazing. He is that big. See, Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was the only one who could heal him, and that is the reason why he was willing to let go of his cloak. Because he knew if he could just meet with Jesus, his life would be changed. Some of you, this school year, you have met Jesus, and your life has never been the same. Because God holds your future. And when you put your future in his hands, it's in the best place. It's in the best place. There's always more about God's character to understand, and there's always more about his love to discover. The second thing is this, God wants you to make him known. That's what he cares about when it comes to your future, to know God and to make God known. The Bible says it like this in verse 52 of Mark 10. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately Bartimaeus 
receive this sight, and follow Jesus along the road. See, the cool thing about my future and about your future is that there's always more in you that is yet to be tapped into. God has things for you that you have not discovered yet. Maybe it's a relationship that you haven't met the person yet, that God's going to use you to bring that person to know him. Maybe it is something in your family that God is right now preparing you for. I can't speak for him, but what I know is that he always has more for us. I remember for me, when I went to summer camp, my life changed. We have summer camp coming up in a couple of, well, in a month, month and a half. And if you haven't signed up for NTS, I would strongly encourage you to sign up. And let me tell you why. There is something really special about going away, being away from your family. No offense to your awesome family, but being away from your family, being with your friends, being with your small group leader, being at summer camp where, honestly, you're kind of forced in a way to have a different type of relationship with God because you're, you're in the Bible every day and we're having two services every day and you're learning more about God's Word and I remember when I went to summer camp, one summer I went to camp and I gave my life to Jesus. And my life has never been the same. And the next year I went to summer camp and that was when God called me into ministry. That was when God made it really clear that his more for me was going to be something like this. Being a pastor to students. Trying to help students grow. Trying to teach students the love of Jesus. See, Bartimaeus knew that the only way he was going to tap into the more that God had for him was through Jesus. That's why he was willing to look like maybe a really weird person yelling and going crazy, even in the midst of people telling him, hey man, be quiet, dude. Nobody wants to hear you. That's why he was willing to do that because he knew Jesus was the one that would change his life. Jesus was the one that would ultimately call him to more. See, God's desire for all of you when it comes to the future is that you would be someone who would change the game. Change your family based on the way that you act and you live. Change your school. Change your friend group. Change the ministry you're in. That's what God wants for all of you. That's what God has for all of you.